Okay, before we get started today, I'd like to make a quick announcement. Over the last several years, I have spent a lot of time working with investors just like you. Investors who have started their business, got it off the ground, got a little bit of momentum, but just don't know how to scale up from there. They don't know how to take a small business doing a deal here and there and really systemize it and scale it up in a profitable way. I have been helping people for so many years do exactly that. I did it in my own business first, and then I helped other people replicate that success in their business. And my announcement to you is that I am ready to help you do the exact same thing right now. I have developed a program that's called the Seven Figure Investor Blueprint. And it's called that because I wanna take you from wherever you are in your business right now and help you ramp it up into a seven-figure profit business. You can do this. I know you've told yourself that you wanna do it. And for whatever reason, it's just not working out. But I wanna teach you things like how to market, to find the best deals, how to analyze those deals, how to negotiate with sellers and wholesalers to get the best possible deals how to get those deals funded, whether it's private funding, hard money lending, whatever. I wanna help you understand the best way for you to fund those deals, and then how to structure those deals for maximum profit. And then finally, how to build a team around you. You don't have to do everything in your business. And in fact, you shouldn't be doing everything. I don't do everything in my business and it runs really, really well. In fact, it runs better when I'm not trying to do everything. And I wanna teach you exactly how to do that. All you have to do, if this sounds interesting to you, if this sounds like something that you must do in 2022 to reach your goals, go to sevenfigureinvestor.com. That's the word seven, sevenfigureinvestor.com. Sign up. I want to help you this year achieve all of your business goals, but you have to go and sign up first. It's seven, the word seven, figureinvestor.com. I cannot wait to see you inside the program. We are going to do great things this year. The major properties that you have with land 95% of them, Mike, are very easily sold. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're enjoying the show, you've been here several times and you're just a veteran and you haven't given me a rating and review, please do so. Go do it right now. Take a, take a minute just to go and do that. It helps me get found. It helps me attract better and better and better guests, which is super cool. If you've never been here before, if this is your first time, take a listen to the episode. If you think it's great, go and give me that rating and review. I really, really appreciate it. Guys, today we have a really fun guest on. Her name is Alicia Jarrett. She is a international real estate investor, educator, and entrepreneur. Uh, she lives in Australia and she runs a real estate investing company here in the United States. She co-owns multiple businesses and one of them is called Supercharged Offers. We talk about that a little bit in this episode and also she's into investing in land, which is fun and exciting because I don't do it. So I love talking about it and learning 
learning about it. Um, she's just a really, really smart, fun person who is super data driven, which means she does things when there's a reason and an, and there's proof that it's going to work. And I love that about her. So we had a great conversation, really fun. I learned a lot from her and also talked a little bit about her uh, uh, supercharged offer solution, which I think is, is going to be a good thing for folks. So sit back and listen, pre- prepare, be prepared to learn something. And uh, without any further ado, I give you Alicia. All right, Alicia, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate you being on the show and taking your time out uh, from halfway across the world to talk to me. So thank you. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks so much, Mike. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And I I can uh, safely tell you that I am calling in from the future and the future is looking pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, we talked before we went live here. The future is warm and sunny. So I'm really, I don't know that you can promise me tomorrow will be warm and sunny where I am, but it's good to know it's coming at some point. Absolutely. We'll, we'll keep that weather, that, that cycle pushing your way. <laughs> Fantastic. I appreciate that. So let's start off by letting the listeners know a little bit about you. Uh, you know, I, I listen to podcasts and I'm sure you do and, and all my listeners listen to more than just this. Uh, what, I, <laughs> what I try not to do is spend the whole podcast talking about someone's background, but I think it's relevant because people need to know who they're listening to and whether or not they can identify with that person at all. So there's value to this. Um, yeah. And so I take it seriously. So let's let's talk a little bit about who you are, where you come from, um, maybe not geographically, but like, you know, philosophically, where, where are you coming from and how did you get involved in this world to begin with? Sure, sure. So I won't go back to where I was born and where that started, but let me start <laughs> just with the last few years, uh, Mike. So my background is actually in human resources, leadership development, training, facilitation. I had a consulting company for more than a decade around that, which I loved here in Australia. But my partner, Matt, and I, we always just crave something bigger. And I think when you just have a job, which, by the way, for, for me, Mike, is an acronym of just over broke. Yeah. Um, because everybody, when they have a job, they just live within their means. And Matt and I were, were very driven to say, well, how do we go big in this world? Like, how do we do something that pays to our passion of uh, travel and enables us to have a business no matter where we are. So, we started looking into our own business uh, globally about five years ago. Um, I then started to work down my consulting practice and he left his technology role and we started investing in the US, Mike. And Mm. uh, a lot of people think that we're a little crazy to begin with and I'm sure they still think we're a little crazy. But where we started, Mike, is we did some houses in Florida. We did some fix and flips. Okay. Uh, got in the craze of, of the HGTV craze with <laughs> Chip and Joanna Gaines and all the yeah. rest of it and absolutely loved that. And we went over, like prior to COVID, we, we actually spent about six months of, of the year in the States on and off. We went over and we did some demo days and we bought some houses and we sold some houses and we loved it. But we very quickly started to see, Mike, that the market in single-family homes was getting way too competitive. To get an off-market property, to look at your after-rehab value, to keep contractors on the job, every every man and his dog all of a sudden wanted to do fix and flip. So, we thought, okay, what other asset class can we get into that's a little less stressful, um, just as productive and uh, enables us to still keep that promise of doing business anywhere in the world as long as we have a laptop and a phone? So, about four and a half years ago, we came across land. Hmm. We've been doing land ever since. And a lot of people might think that land is pretty unsexy, um, but it's got some real advantages to it, Mike, which we can delve into. And in addition to doing that, because we are on the other side of the world, we wanted to really make sure that our businesses were running efficiently. 
Uh, and being real estate investors, I think I said to you, Mike, before, you know, where we make our money is when we're doing deals. When we don't make our money when we're doing admin and marketing and data right. cleansing and all this other yep. stuff. It's essential. Yep. So then we started our own real estate marketing company a few years ago as well. So we're now at the stage we've got four businesses in the US. A team of more than 15 collectively and life is going well, Mike. So there's the high level. <laughs> All right. So good. Let's let's dive in a bit because I kind of um I'm gonna I have a lot of questions for you. So I hopefully you don't mind if I jump in and, and kind of steer steer it. your answers a little bit. Um so number one, why did you at a like macro level, why did you decide to invest in the States as opposed to where you live in your backyard? Yeah, great question, Mike. So first of all, for anybody listening, Australia is a wonderful country. We are a beautiful country and we have amazing real estate, but it is expensive. Hmm. So where we live in Melbourne, Australia, the average, and I'm talking average suburban home is now about 1.2 million um, wow. for an average, not wow. a massive mansion. Average. Yeah. And where we live in inner city Melbourne, uh, you're looking at the average house price of anywhere between 2.5 to 3.5 million. A block mm. of land, like people actually buy houses worth that much to get the land. And then wow. they knock down the house and build their new house. So the entry to market here is very high. Yeah. The also here in Australia, Mike, the, um, the ability to do what we do in the States. So access to information. You know, Australia has privacy laws that lock everything down. In the States, we can access who you are, what you own, who you've got your loans through, are your taxes on on time? Have you got any liens on your property? Um, Are there judgments on the property? Uh, Who owned it before you? What did you pay for it? All of that information we have access to and we can market to you direct without needing a license. Yeah. Over here, that would be seen as almost unlawful. Wow. Um, So, it's the point of entry to the market and the ability of what you can do over here. And we had done houses over here, Mike, as well. We had investment properties. I've still got a few. Um, But the strategies over here are this much compared to what you can do in the US. So the US just allowed us to spread our wings with what we can do. That makes sense. So when you started that process, just like quickly, what, why Florida? Why, why Florida of, or any other state? (laughs) Why not Florida? (laughs) That's a great, that's a great point, but I'm going to come back at you again and say, why Florida? There's 50 states. Why did you pick Florida? Yep. So we did a a whole bunch of research on a whole bunch of areas. Uh, We, we, first of all, we drew a line through the middle of the country. And as you know, you've got a foot of snow outside at the moment. We wanted to only work in areas that all year round properties were accessible, able, able to be built on, et cetera, et cetera. So when your ground is frozen solid and you're looking to build a home that can inhibit, you know, what it is that you want to do. So we started off with the bottom half of the country. We then looked at things like disclosure states versus non-disclosure states. You know, mm. where's our access to information? Because yeah. everything as a real estate investor is driven by data. Yep. Data tells us everything. We then looked at things like migration rates, jobs, uh, you know, unemployment, um, okay. infrastructure. Yeah. So you did your uh, homework. You guys, you guys did dug our in. homework. You didn't just like go, Florida looks fun and you decided on Florida. It was it was data driven. I love it. I love it. It was data driven, and it still is data driven. So we're we're going after some different properties in Florida at the moment. Uh, we're looking at, at larger properties that we can do some forced appreciation on and subdivide. And data is still driving everything with that. I love it. Now I didn't ask you before, and you didn't say when you started investing in the states. What year are we talking? How long ago was this? Five, Five years. years. So that would have been 2017. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Not that long <laughs> Where ago. Did that not, go? <laughs> yeah. Not that long ago. All right. And I got to ask, I've had 
I've had some people on here, uh, some people who sell courses and make a living talking about buying land. I still have never purchased land, or, or I shouldn't say that's not entirely fair. I've never purposely gone out to market for and buy land. Okay, I've never never done it on purpose. Why land? What are the advantages? And if you don't mind, if you could be so transparent as to tell me what are the biggest challenges of yeah, buying land? Yeah, absolutely. So advantages with land, first of all, there's lots of it. Um, it's a, a pretty open market when it comes to the types of land that you can do and, and the exit strategies that you can use. A lot of people look at a piece of land and as I said, it's not very sexy and it, it might, we drive past it every day. But we tend to drive past things that we can see, which is like a building and a house. When we drive past vacant land, it's like, it's just land. But there's so many things that you can do with land. Um, the exit strategies are phenomenal. Like there's recreational land, hunting land, uh, land that you can build on, developers, commercial properties, industrial land. There's there's so many different types of land categories that have various different exit strategies to them. So when we start to open up our minds about what the possibilities are with land, it really gives you some, some really interesting strategies. Secondary to that, doesn't have the problems that houses have. So what we were finding with houses is keeping our contractor team happy, mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, by the time we started a rehab, dealing with the termites that we didn't know about, with the the squatters that were in the house, um, the fact that some of the houses we did were previous drug dens. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're dealing with houses, you're dealing with a lot more problems that can cause a lot more stress. Land, the main challenges that you're dealing with, to come back to the second part of your question, is Back taxes, liens, um, any financial encumbrances that might be on the property that you can negotiate and clear with the county. Um, You're dealing with probates when properties have been passed down incorrectly, easy to fix when you've got the right probate attorney, Um, and just some small title issues here and there. That's pretty much the major things that you're dealing with, and all of those can be solved majority of the time. Yeah. Okay. So, what are the challenges that are maybe unique to land? It would be just those. Um, the okay, only other ones the, I can okay, think I of, that, that's it. Yeah, it's just those. The only other ones that I'd probably add to that is on the odd occasion, we've gotten land that has trash on it. Um, we had one piece of land where someone had been using it for a tyre dumping ground. Oh. So we called a local tyre company and said, hey, if you want to come and clear these for us and recycle the, the rubber and the tyres, let's do a deal. And um, easily solved. We hmm. had another property that had squatters on it that were camping on the property. We called the local sheriff, got them removed, done. So the major properties that you have with land, 95% of them, Mike, are very easily solved. The only ones that we maybe can't solve is when it becomes cost prohibitive. So to give you an example, we had one property a few years ago that needed a probate. The property itself was probably only worth about 15000 um, and we were looking to then get it under contract for about eight. Um, sell it, you know, back onto the market after the issues were fixed. And the more that we delved into this probate, there was uh, six siblings involved. Ah. They then had collectively about 15 children amongst them and another round of grandchildren that were sitting under that. Um, And that was a huge probate. So when you're talking probates that have that many people involved and become very complex, your costs for that probate all of a sudden go from you know, one to 2,000 to getting a small probate done up into the many of thousands. Yeah, but that so can happen that, with a house too, right? That can happen it when can, you buy a house. It can, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. So that one, uh, you know, 
when we looked at the numbers on that one and spoke to our probate attorney, we just had to let the deal go. We ended up putting the seller in touch with the probate attorney and said, look, if you want to get this fixed, go for it. But this this is now cost prohibitive for us. Yeah, so got it. it's just those situations. But other than that, most things we can solve. Okay. So I guess here's the thing that I hear about with land, and it's probably one of the reasons why I haven't done it myself is, well, there's a, there's a couple reasons, but one of them is being able to find a buyer, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these parcels, I assume, have been on the market and not sold for whatever reason. Or, you know, it's just, you know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunities to buy land in my market, but it's in a subdivision or on a street where the houses, and now I'm going to like really, I'm not going to shock you because you, you invest in the States, but where I live, you know, there's subdivisions or, or streets where, you know, it's in a blue collar neighborhood. I'm not even talking about war zones where the houses are 50, 60, 70, 80,000. And so you buy the land, like you couldn't possibly build a house. There's nothing to do on that land building wise that would make sense. And the people who live around it, like if it's next to another house, typically they don't make enough money where they could just say, I'm going to give you 15,000 for this plot of land that's next to me that frankly, I use it anyway. Like whether you sell it to me or not, I use it. So my my fear (laughs) is where, how do I know where to buy land where I can resell it effectively? Yeah, yeah, really good question. And it's pretty much the same answer as what we used to do with houses. We're, we're looking for areas where there's enough buyer activity going on. We're also looking in the buyer activity, are they? So, so in our team, any area that we're going into, we're using data, we're running sales reports on the last 18 months of what's been happening in that area and how many people in that area. Say if this is market value, county market value, what are people paying above? But how many people are in there paying below? Because if it's filled with a whole bunch of wholesalers and people are paying less than county market value, we don't want to be in there. Yeah. But if the majority of people are paying above, we'll go in and play. So it's really looking at the data to make sure that it's an area that you want to get into, first of all. And okay. sometimes you just don't know until you get started, Mike. So, you yeah. know, we've mailed to some areas where the responses came back and all of a sudden we saw some subdivisions that were like, yeah, we don't want to be in there. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, you're going to get some deals that come through that you look at the numbers and you look at the activity and you might say no to that deal. Yeah. And you might say no to it because as you said, excuse me, as you said, um, there is no exit strategy. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, we have sold land to the neighbours who are in those types of areas that you described on seller finance, yeah. where they're buying it from us and they're giving us 100 bucks a month, $150 a month. And over the next few years, they will pay that off. And now their property has all of a sudden increased in value. Yeah. So I always say that we are not our buyer. We yeah. need to let the market tell us what it's willing to buy um, and what it's not willing to buy. What would you say is just percentage-wise, what percentage of property that you buy are you selling on land contract to a neighbor, somebody close, and it's like, you know, land contract or owner financing, as opposed to like just outright sale? I would say uh, about 20 to 30%. We okay. sell to neighbors and people in the area. Gotcha. Um the rest, and again, it depends on the types of properties that people are going after because we're also doing quite a lot now in higher acreage, commercial properties, things like that, where we're selling to businesses, Mm. to um, people that are moving from different locations that want acreage to build a new house on. So, we're working with some builders as well. We've got some great relationships with some local builders in the areas that we're in, um, that we've become their their land person. (laughs) Nice. So, there's, you know, I guess over time, it really comes down to 
the relationships that you can build and put in place that help you with your exit strategy yeah. mean that you've got more options to rely on. Got it. So where you were talking about understanding the buyer activity in a certain mm-hmm. market, how, how do you determine the buyer activity? Yeah, great question. So we um, we actually have invested, uh, as I said so far a few times, everything starts from data. So we've invested pretty heavily, Mike, in uh, data in our business, which means for all of our businesses, we've actually created a, um, a cloud-based uh, platform that has more than 154 million property records in it, more than 65 million businesses in it. And we're using that data on a daily basis. So we can, in our own uh, data warehouse, we can go into that that data warehouse in the cloud and say, okay, for Duval County, for these zip codes, I want to know the last 18 months of sales for every type of property. Uh, let's download that and do some analysis. Got it. And then in that analysis, we're looking at a couple of trends. So we're looking at, well, what are houses selling for? Because if the houses are selling for more, naturally land starts to follow suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are people buying houses for? Uh, who's buying? Uh, that's also more important. And then with land, you know, who who's buying, what are they buying and what are they paying? And that's being right. able to run the analysis on that is super helpful to get a temperature check. You know, yeah. What are people doing? How's that tracking? What does that look like? And we're not scraping data from Zillow. We're not doing anything like that. We're actually only using recorded sales with the county, which I think is hugely valuable because there's a lot of services out there, Mike, that do offer you know, valuations on properties where they're scraping data from different sources. Yep. But it ends up being almost like a guesstimate, a little bit like a Zestimate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, where you're not using real data. So we're using real data for actual properties sold and looking at those trends and then deciding what does that mean for us. Got it. What would be, assuming you're you're working in a market that the data tells you is a good market to be in, what yep. land would you not buy? What would ha- what would be the characteristics or the features or the circumstances surrounding a piece of land that you just wouldn't buy? Yeah, really good question. Um, the main elements, and a- again, it depends property by property, right? If we look at every property based upon its merits, but a typical one might be where it's totally landlocked, there's no access, it's 100% flood zone, and it's got way too many problems. Even if the area, the prices are good, that one would inhibit us being able to get those prices yeah. because of those issues. Got it. So it, it's situations like that that we'd just say to the seller, look, you've got a problem property here. Good luck. Um, we're not going to be buying it, but thank you for giving us the opportunity to look at it. <laughs> got it. Okay. And I know a big part of what you do, and you have a business around this, is helping people find thing, uh, find deals, right? Like you're, you're, yeah. doing, you're involved in that end of it. And uh, I was telling you before we went live here, there's a few things in real estate that appear to remain constant in, as far as I can tell. And one of them is finding deals, marketing for opportunities. And so yep. talk to me a little bit about how you're working to solve that problem. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mike. Um, so I guess what what I will do is start off with what was the problem that we had in order to to think about what we've now implemented. And when we first started out doing land, what we found was exactly what you said. We were so inconsistent. We were we were sending out marketing and mailers and getting some deals, and then focusing on getting those deals closed and sold and getting our money mm-hmm. back. And then we turned back to our pipeline, and it was empty. And I see so many real estate investors out there that are so stop, start, stop, start, stop, start when it comes to their business. And and then they end up in the mindset of this isn't working. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it does work if you've got your business set up right and you're consistent because pipelines in any business 
pipelines is not about what we're doing today. It's what we did three months ago, six months ago. Then then, you keep going back from there. Um, And to get that consistency in your business, you've got to keep that pipeline moving. So we started looking at about two and a half years ago, we just asked ourselves that question. What does consistency look like for our business? If we wanted to be doing deals all the time, what do we need to put in place? And it all came down to marketing acquisitions. Um, so what we put in place, Mike, we, we we didn't intend for this to become a business, but it has, which is very exciting. So we just said, okay, if we had something that all of our data was automated and then our mailing was going out weekly, even when we're sleeping, uh, we're pushing ads to those people that we're mailing to on Google, Facebook, and Instagram. So we're doing online marketing with them. We're setting up our websites and our sales funnels and our email automation. So we're automatically nurturing all of those leads from the minute we're getting the data to the minute they're asking us for um, an offer. Those leads are going through different sequencing Mm -hmm. and finding us in different ways. Because here's the other thing, Mike, it it does need to be about customer experience. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of real estate investors. And if you're out there and you're listening to this, write this down, do business in the way that makes it easy for your customer to do business with you. Yeah. Don't do business in the way that you go, oh, I just like to send mailers or I just like to cold call. No, do business in a way that your ideal seller, your ideal customer can contact you and deal with you in any way that they like. Yeah. And so we created our marketing system to reflect that. So people can ask for deals online, via letters, via SMS, via email sequencing, via our Facebook page, you name it clicking on an ad, they, they can uh, get to us and ask for an offer. Um, and that's really increased our efficiency over time. So, Supercharged Offers is the name of the business and that was born out of us just creating a system for ourselves to always marketing. And uh, and since then, for so two and a half years later, Mike, where we've partnered with, you know, we've got over 50 customers now in that business. Some are doing self-storage, some are doing mobile homes, some mm. are doing land, single family. Any asset class at all, we've really helped these businesses to not only scale their business, but focus their time and energy on the stuff that matters, which is really important. So it doesn't matter what type of properties or assets they're looking for. This will work for that. Um, Can you give me some... is it is it sort of a done for you? Is it is it more of done like for a, you. it's a done for you? Oh, okay. It's a business oh. in a box. Yeah, it's oh. done for you. So all that we ask from our customers is they have an initial consulting call with me and they have to fill out a, a what we call a business growth plan, which is getting them to really think about their asset class, their strategy, um, the results that they're looking for. I cannot tell you, Mike, as well, how many people I speak with that they don't even have a business plan or a strategy. They're just putting mud and out and hoping it sticks to a wall somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So we get them to really think about their strategy and help them with that. Um, then they have a consultant call with me where we map out things like their branding, their key messaging, their market, all of those things. Over the next four weeks, my content team gets to work, my designers get to work, my data team gets to work. In those four weeks, they have a couple of sign-off and approval processes with us on their content, their design, and their data. Then we go live and the machine is working. Okay. So it's very minimal time for them. Pretty much done for you business in a box. Okay. I love everything you just said. I, I absolutely love. But here's a question I have. When I hear you say that, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. So let me just ask the question. I was going to, I was going to make <laughs> a statement, but that's not fair. Who is this 
who is the perfect avatar for this business? Is it literally anyone or is it a more established somebody who has a marketing budget, somebody brand new who just rolled out of bed and said, I want to be an investor? Who's it for? Yep. We've actually created it for all of them. So we we have a number of different products within Supercharged Office. So one of them is for people starting out. So we look at the, and I, I hate to say this because I want to always focus on the positive, not the negative, but unfortunately, um, do you know what the statistics are, Mike, for real estate training courses and the amount of people that actually go ahead and do anything? Oh, it's got to be so low. So it's low, 5%. I don't know. What is it, five? It's Five. The average yeah. is five percent of people who spend all this time and money on real estate programs, coaching, training—you name it. Five percent of the money ever go and do stuff, and that's because there's so many people out there that have what I call the failure to launch. They go and do all these things, and then they get scared. So we've got our first product, uh, Mike, is actually just helping people out with what I call stage one. Let's just get your data done. Let's get your mailing happening and let's get your phone ringing. Because as you and I know, as soon as you've done those first few phone calls and now you're putting your training into practice, you're off to the races. And as the phone keeps ringing, you keep learning and you keep growing. People as adults, we don't necessarily learn just by listening. We learn by doing. Um, So that first part I'm very passionate about. And we've helped a lot of real estate investors just get started. Like, let's overcome these, you know, paralysis of analysis stuff and just get started, guys. And so they work with our data team and our mailing team on just getting started. Secondary to that, yes, um, for people that do have budgets of setting up their business and setting up their marketing, um, we then have that full done-for-you service where we're building out the business in a box okay. and everything in between. So it's um, we've been really flexible with with our approach there, Mike, because we know that there's people at different stages because we've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that because I didn't want people listening to this to hear this done-for-you and say, I probably can't afford it or it's not for me. I need to do more before I can get there. And, and sometimes that doesn't always happen. So how do people find this? How do people start getting into this world and take that first step? Yeah, sure. So they can check us out at superchargedoffers.com. Um, okay. We've got a whole bunch of stuff on our website. We've got some free ebooks on there about why doing print with digital is crucial. Um, we've got a business growth plan on there that people can download. And, uh, and they can contact us direct from the site. There's a phone number on there or mm. you know, learn more and they can find that information. They can drop me an email direct, Mike. I'm more than happy to jump on a call and actually show people what we do because I think okay. sometimes just you know hearing it as a a business idea. It's like, well, that sounds great. But until you see all the yeah. little things that we put in there for you and, yeah. and the value that it brings, um, then it's that. So they can email me. It's, uh, it's Alicia. So it's A-L-I-C-I-A uh, at superchargedoffers.com. And I'll be more than happy to do a free consult with them. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, listen, I, I I love that you came on and and you were super open and honest about it. And uh, I think the the uh, I think the service sounds great. I mean, I said that there's very there's a few things that are very very constant in all of my years of real estate and people who are struggling to find deals and drive leads is always a constant. And really, in this market that we're in now, I think it's more of a need than ever. Honestly, oh, uh, when hugely. I was when I started in 08, it was shooting fish in a barrel. Finding deals wasn't the problem. Uh, it was the declining market that was a, that was the struggle, right? But now yeah. with everything the way, you know, with house prices the way they are and it's such a seller's market, I know this is the number one problem that people have right now. So I love Correct. that you came up with a solution. I love that you have it done for you because frankly, there's a segment of the audience and a segment of real estate population where 
they just go, can you just do it? I just want to, yeah. I just want to sign time. deals and I want to flip houses. Right? Yeah, it's time, right? <laughs> so you, you're replacing the entire marketing department for these, for these folks, which is fantastic. Yeah, we've got a whole team of 10 that they get access to, well, access through, through myself and our project team. Um, but it, it means that they don't have to hire resources to do it for them. It's like, it's just a totally outsourced uh, platform and, yep. and some of the technology we've built in is really cool. And what I will add, Mike, people are constantly surprised at the price because, I, I always say to people, you know, what would you pay for all this? And they they end up quoting me almost twice as what we charge. Really? Um, so we, we've made it competitive because we know that to grow your business, you've you've got to start somewhere. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, people should go and check it out and find out for themselves what level of service applies to them and uh, get that first call going. And, uh, and like you said, uh, it's the name of the podcast. Just start, right? Get out there and get started. Don't Just let start. yeah. paralysis analysis uh, ruin what would otherwise be a great business, right? But our fear of what to do first. So uh, thank you for your time. I, I really do appreciate it. I'm so jealous that you're in the sunshine and the warmth and everything looks beautiful <laughs> where you are. I'm in the snow, uh, but soon enough, we'll have that. And uh, I just uh, wish you nothing but the best. Same to you, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Thank you. All right. That was a lot of fun talking to Alicia. She has a very cool business remotely. She's living in Australia, investing here in the States and uh, and doing it very successfully and has moved to land, which is always interesting to me. I've never done it. I really need to, I need to do that. I need to try it. But you know what? can't do everything. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, trying to do a lot of things and I cannot do everything. Uh, but it's something I've always been interested in. So I'm going to check that out. But I do think you guys should go and check out superchargedoffers.com and uh, see if it makes sense for you, see if it fits your budget. Uh, but it sounds like an extremely cool solution to a very common problem. So go check that out. But like she said in the podcast, like she said during the interview, just start, get out there, and get started. Forget paralysis analysis, kick it in the butt, get out there and get going right now. What are you waiting for? Turn this off. It's over. Get out there. Make it happen. We'll talk to you next time.